So when you hear the word weird, what do you think of? Strange. Like snowbirds that return from Florida, right? Foremans. It's weird to see the foremans here this morning. Good to have you back. So, strange. What else? Unusual. Eerie. Different. There are all kinds of weird, right? There's funny weird. There's uh, frighteningly weird. There's interesting weird. I found some facts this week, and um, these are all from the Internet, so you know they're absolutely true. But here's some things. For instance, did you know that there are about a billion bacteria in your mouth right now? Anybody got any mouthwash around? Peanut butter can be converted into a diamond. You didn't realize the value of what you had in your pantry, right? Yeah, inside of you, yes. Hot dogs can last more than 20 years in landfills. Hey, in a couple of weeks we're having VBS training and hot dogs are on the menu. Just A lock of Elvis Presley's hair sold for $115,000. Any Elvis fans out there? Well, you are. You're just not going to admit it now because that's crazy. Hippo sweat is red. All right? A couple of others. Your eyes move about 80 times a second. Now, try to stop them, right? In Japan, it's possible to buy watermelons shaped like pyramids. All right? Sticking raw bacon in your nostrils can stop serious nosebleeds. Anybody tried that lately? A church in the Czech Republic has a chandelier made of human bones. Can you imagine that business meeting? Hey, we got this chandelier. It's made of human bones. We like to put it up. All right. 99% of people can't lick their elbows. And if you weren't sitting right here, about 90% of you would try it right now. Go ahead. Take a moment. See if you can, see if you can lick your elbows. All right. All right. We're starting a series of messages called Weird. All right? And we're calling it weird because normal isn't working. And here's my thing. How many of you know somebody that's weird? Don't point. Just raise your hand. All right? That means we know some people that are weird in a not-so-good way. And we know some people that are, you say, well, they're kind of weird in a good way. Weird is just a descriptive term. But I'll show you a, a passage of Scripture, and this is from... Um, Jesus speaking comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 through 14. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide. And that's, let me me put a word there that, that is not technically in the text, but it describes that gate. For the normal gate is wide, and the road is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate, and difficult is the road that leads to life. What kind of gate is it that you ought to enter through? Narrow. For wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Think about this. Broad and wide is the road and the gate which the majority of people travel. Unfortunately, in the crowd, 
we often find ourselves trying to be normal. If we're honest with ourselves as just human beings, much of our life is spent trying to be normal. In fact, much of advertising is built around trying to make things normal. We, everybody's buying it. Everybody's getting one. You need to fall in line. Even countercultural movements eventually are trying to get people to become normal. For a while, being a hippie was kind of normal. Now, maybe not for you or maybe for you. The countercultural movement's attempts are to become normal. But Jesus says that normal people are on the road to destruction. Studies have been released in the last few years that alarmingly say that believers or people that claim to be believers in Jesus Christ act, think, talk, watch, listen, do almost everything exactly in America like those who are not believers in Jesus Christ. Here's the sobering reality. If your life looks like everybody else's life except for an hour or two on Sunday morning, if you're doing what everybody else is doing except for an hour or two on Sunday morning, if you are pretty normal, it could be that you're on that broad road that leads to destruction. Because when you're the normal, that's where it leads. As you leave the normal road, the smaller your band of people will be and the more people will think of you as weird, different, not the same. I mean, let's be honest with it. Jesus teaches us to live a weird life. And the truth is, even if we just take Jesus out of this, take the Bible out of this, take everything else out of it for a minute, it's important to look for something different because normal isn't working. I mean, what does normal mean today for schedules? Well, for our young families and even for grandparents that are trying to help with the young families, it means overwhelmed, rushed, stressed, panicked, never enough time for what you need to do. What does money normal look like today? Broke, that's what it looks like. Spending more than you take in. Debt, fear, uneasiness. Professional life, working for the paycheck, doing something you don't really like just because you have to, just to get by. Relationships, you know this, you see this on the news. Relationships, normal is from person to person in different area to different area. Hopping from bed to bed, then seven years into marriage, it's over, let's find somebody else. Normal isn't working. One of my favorite guys to listen to on the radio is a guy uh, named Dave Ramsey. Y'all know Dave Ramsey? Okay. Isn't it a crazy thing to listen to that show? I mean, I listen, I turn it on and I can't stop listening to it. And it's people, maybe it's just I'm like, well, I am not that bad financially. Thank goodness for that. But, you know, basically it's a show where somebody calls in and confesses how terrible their life is and Dave gets mad at them or corrects them for a little while. And then at the end of it, when they come back 18 months later, they get on there and a Braveheart quote and they yell, freedom, I'm debt free. You know, it's a, y'all are looking at me like you're not listening to the show. It's crazy. Dave has a, a saying that uh, I want to steal for the entirety of the series, but he does it specifically for money where he says, if you want to live like nobody else lives, you first have to live like nobody else lives. Amen, right? Well, here's the thing. 
If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. But if you want something other than what normal people have, you have to do something other than what normal people do. If you want a normal life, just live like it. But if you want something different, something better, Scripture offers an alternative. Turn to Romans chapter 12. While you're turning there, I I mean, I mentioned Jesus asked us to live a weird life, but just listen to some of his teachings. You know, he says, normal people say don't commit adultery. Jesus says, don't even look lustfully at someone. Normal people say, do everything you can to get to first place. Jesus says, if you want to be first, you need to be last. Jesus says, it's better to give than to receive. And when you give, it'll be given back. That's weird. Jesus says, if someone hurts you, bless them. That's weird. If someone knocks you out, stand up and let them do it again. Right? We act like that turn the other cheek is a little, oh, just a little slap. The love tap. That's not what he's talking about. He says, if people wrong you, what are you supposed to do? Forgive them. How many times, Jesus, we got to get this down on paper? Because normal people would say, you know, about seven. What I mean? Fool me, normal people don't even say seven. They say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me, right? You're not going to, once is enough. I'll forgive you once, but not twice. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, 70 times seven. Oh, good, 490 times. That's what I got to do. That's not what he means, is it? Jesus told us to live weird. And here's the truth. This world could use a dose of weird right now. Everybody I know who's trying to live normally is stressed, financially taxed. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It's going to be on the screen for you, too, if you don't have your miles. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let me tell you what's happening here. Chapter 12, verse 1, it says, therefore. And that's an important word. It's one of the most important words in Scripture because it means that whatever we've been talking about, and it doesn't just mean Romans chapter 11, although you can go back and read that. Romans chapter 12, when it says, therefore, it means everything we've discussed in the first chapter's of Romans, the first 11 chapters, in light of everything we've discussed. In fact, if you want to be kind of real about it, in light of what we talked about last week on Easter. Because on Easter, we kind of summarized the big points of Christianity, right? Are you here? Right. Yeah, you're looking at me again. All right. We summarized the big points. The big points are God sent His Son. Why? Because we who were given every opportunity to live for the Lord, chose our own way. We are all sinners. God created this world for us to be in a relationship with Him, but we can't because of our sins. So Jesus Christ died on the cross, saved us from our sins through His death, burial, and resurrection, and now He is alive. And because of that, because He is alive, we have the power to live for day and forgiveness from our sins in the past, present, and future. We have a hope that is out there for us in eternity. Because of that, I urge you to make your lives a living sacrifice. 
That means you give up every right and responsibility and claim you have to live your life for yourself. And you sacrifice it as a living offering to the Lord. People get fired up when you ask them to sacrifice. When I stand up here and I talk about, for instance, let's just talk about money for a minute. I don't talk about money a whole lot. In fact, if I err in any way on talking about money, I don't talk about it near enough because Jesus talked about it a lot. And the moment you ask people to give up 10% as a tithe to the church, woo! Pastor. Don't talk about that. People just think all we care about is money. The truth is, Romans 12 says, we give up everything we got. Not just money. You know what money gets people so far of Because they love it. I didn't get any amens there. It's all right. When I say something good, you can say amen, all right? And that was good. People love money. He says, give everything you got. A living sacrifice. Your life, your relationships, it all. In fact, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about, in this service, different areas of our lives where we need to be weird. We're going to talk about being weird with our opportunity seizing, our time scheduling. We're going to be talking about being weird with our finances. We're going to talk about being weird in our values. We're going to talk about being weird in the legacy that we leave for the generation that is to come. We're talking about being weird. Living sacrifices. This morning, I just want to point out two things to you, and they come primarily from that part that says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Don't be like everybody else. Don't be normal. But be transformed by the renewing. Be different. Be weird by the renewing of your mind. Here are two things about that real quickly. Weird people don't think like normal people think. I mean, that's right there in Romans chapter 12, right? That we are to have our mind transformed. That one of the aspects of our mind is that it means the things that we think about it. That means we don't just copy and paste what other people think to our own eyes. That means that we think through it with a filter asking, what does this mean for the kingdom of God, for the worship of our Lord, and for my life in general? That means we don't just download one particular news channel's thoughts into ours and say that's what is real. Or one website or one newspaper. Or we don't download that and say I'm opposite of whatever they say. We don't think like normal people think. We can't be categorized or put in a box. We think through the lens of the transformed life that God has given us. He says that your mind ought to be altered. I love the way the message paraphrases this. It says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. As believers, we ought to be daily filling our lives with the truths of God's Word that help us to filter through what's happening around us. We ought to be listening on a regular basis, to practical biblical teaching that helps us to filter through what God is showing us in the world in which we live. We ought to be constantly putting into our mind things that will help us to think biblically about the kingdom of God and the impact our lives are having. We begin to think 
biblically. You begin to think not like the culture, but like what Scripture teaches us. And let me just say, some of you right now are tracking along with me and you think absolutely the culture is against us. I'm probably not thinking what you're thinking. Because what I'm thinking is, we have an agenda that comes from the kingdom of God, and that's the only agenda that matters. Amen? We begin to have our mind transformed into thinking that way. So, weird people don't think like normal people think. Somebody say, why is thinking so important? Why, is, why didn't it say a whole bunch of us stuff? It just says that transforming of your mind. Because the way we think often affects the way we live. But it leads to the second thing. And the mind here is much more than just mental knowledge. It means the way that we live it out. And the second thing is weird people don't live like normal people act. Weird people don't act like normal people act. In 1 Peter chapter 2, this won't be up on your screen or you can write this down somewhere, but it's a great passage. It says, Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in this world, I urge you to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your souls. Live such good lives among the pagans, among those who don't understand, among the non-believers is what he's saying. Live such good lives among them that though they accuse you of doing wrong, in the end they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits. Don't think like other people think. Don't act like other people act. Let it be filtered through the Word of God and the commandments He gives. I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this age. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. We have a lot of people that ask the question, I don't know what God wants me to do. That's because you haven't had your mind transformed by what God intends for you to do on a daily basis. And some of us are so scared that God's going to ask us to be weird that we really don't even want to know. Anybody here like the beach? I like the beach. I don't get to go near as much as I would like because beaches are a long way from... I'm not talking about like Nashville Shores. I'm talking about like a real... Beach, not Old Hickory Lake, right? We're talking about real ocean water. One of the things that my boys like to do when we go to the beach is they like to, to try to get those little crabs. You know what I'm talking about? They go crab hunting. You know, one of the sand crabs. One of the things that I love about that is you t- they take a bucket, and they'll take the sand crab out, and they'll put it in the bucket. Why don't they put it in the bucket? So it won't get away, right? You know what's interesting? I was watching it one time. And there were these little sand crabs. Then we had three or four in the bucket. And one of the sand crabs decided it was time to get out. You know what I'm talking about? And so he starts to crawl. He starts to crawl up the side of the bucket. You know what I saw? This is interesting. I saw one of the other crabs crawl over to where the sand crab was trying to get out of the bucket. You know what he did? He grabbed the sand crab by his um, crab behind. And he yanked him down. And then another crab tried to go, and the crab that originally tried to go up went and got that crab and pulled him down. Can I tell you that the moment you decide to start acting weird, you're going to be like that crab crawling up the side. And if you're not careful, the normal people are going to grab you by the leg behind and pull you back down. You can't let it happen. I don't know any other way to simply state this than this. 
if you are passionately devoted to following Jesus Christ, you will be weird. Now, I'm not talking about weird in an annoying way for annoying way's sake. I'm not talking about being weird just to be weird. I'm talking about being weird in a God way, in a way where you are dedicated and devoted to Him. And Scripture tells us over and over and over and over and over again that if you follow Jesus Christ with all of your heart, mind, soul, spirit, if you love the Lord with all you've got and your neighbor as yourself, then the world is not going to understand you, nor are they going to like you. But as Peter says, make it so that when they don't like you, it's not because you are unlikable. It is because you are doing things for the glory of God. And they will see that. It may be, as he says, on the final day. It may not be next week like you're like, I want them to see it next week. Because the truth is, our goal should never be about pleasing other people. Amen? Amen? It should be about pleasing the Lord God Almighty. And if we're going to live that way, we're going to be weird. So here's my challenge to you this week. Do something weird. Out of the ordinary, unusual, strange for you, for the glory of God. I don't know what that would be. I don't know what it would be for you to have something weird happen in your life. I don't know what it would be for you to act weirdly. But I'm challenging you to do it. Would you pray with me this morning?